A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. Second captain, first captain, whatever. We are deep into the club GAA season. And this weekend saw more drama around the country. Bally Gunner seeing off the Pearshig to reach another Munster hurling final. David Clifford's Fussa suffering defeat in Kerry after the Footballer of the Year, newly crowned Footballer of the Year, missed a late free to equalise against Milltown Castlemaine. Are you going to mention the 12 points from 12 shots that he had before the miss? But it was I mean, I another... Like about, uh, yeah, it was another Milltown where the real action took Some other field. Some other field. As Ireland's foremost <laughs> GAA Gonzo journalist, Kieran Murphy, created history by representing two of the various clubs he's played for down the years in the same game. How did no you pick- way! Yeah, that, that was Again, me. I how did, did you pick the, these two? Uh, <laughs> out of all the teams he played oh, yeah, for why didn't Vincent get, get the nod yeah, or, yeah. uh, or Dublin or Galway or DCU yeah so there was a few there yeah. I know you're eager to just skate over the Galway part of that game yeah. but can you explain for our Monday only listeners what, <laughs> can I what, what exact piece of history was created in Milltown uh, well as uh, someone on um, Mo- as Monty Gall Monty Gall on um, uh, Instagram told me it's not entirely unique Pele did do it with the, <laughs> <laughs> the New York Cosmos yeah, yeah, yeah. and Zados apparently yeah. but um, Roy Keane did it in Manchester and Celtic did he? You know, was that his testimonial? I'd say a lot of people played have probably half, done yeah, it for Manchester and Celtic yeah, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo winner so yep, there you go uh, but where in the GAA Ken where you know the whole point of the GAA is one club yeah. one life one Whatever. This yeah. is in to uh, actually have the gall to not only play for two different clubs, but then pit them against each other and play a half each. Island of Doctor Moreau. I've basically so explained sanity. what's going on there. You went down. You brought your singer lads down to play. Against I did on, and you know, down. at the end of the day, you're in a uh, squad with a gang of twenty five other lads, and come November, talk turns inevitably to the why don't we have a night out to celebrate the end of the season? Mm. So it was kind of, well, it was there. It was also at my book launch in Dublin where a couple of people from Milltown were there, a couple of people from Singer got talking, said, you know what we should do? We should try and get this off the ground. Now, I've been talking about this for a number of years, but it's, you know, the usual area. Like, when will it ever actually happen on? Well, it turns out it happened on Saturday. Uh, so it, I actually had very little, to, I, there was no organising on my behalf done whatsoever, uh, which was very pleasing from my perspective. Uh couple of lads just took it on 
just said, this is what we're doing yeah. and we're going to do it. So we left the spa well in Temple Oak at 9am. <laughs> uh, got to Milltown, quarter to 12. Uh, game started at 12.30. Played the first half with... Uh, I w- oh, they made me captain again for the day. So I went up for the toss. Made sure that I was playing with the breeze. With this Temple Oak Sing Street. Street first half. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that I would basically play, be playing with the breeze in both halves. Into the uh, scoring goal. Yeah, pretty much. And... Um, uh, played a half with uh, Singer, st- absolutely stunk the joint out, <laughs> horrendously bad. Then switched over, played a half with Milton, slightly better. At I least. I mean, be careful it, about that. I said, I be know. careful about playing crap for one, crap for one team really and, well for and the other team. Yeah, well, I didn't do, I didn't play really well for one team. That, that certainly didn't happen. But uh, slightly better than terrible in the second half. Uh, but it was genuinely, really, incredibly special. Very, very nice. We all headed off to the pub. Uh, but not before Milton gave me like a little plaque to congratulate me on like just the book and I was the whole thing. Say, it was just what exactly? Yeah, I know. I like I, I like I didn't even I, like it's not even something that you'd be like, oh, I I didn't expect it. But like you know, maybe there's like a place there where something like that could have happened. Like there was no reason like on earth for them to do this. You've they given them a lot of positive publicity over your publicity rampant book tour <laughs> yeah, yeah, Francis Milton really need, yeah, Milton yeah. needs a lot of exposure you know? that's exposure. really useful to what was the Francis Murphy verdict was she okay seeing you in the singer colours oh she was yeah there was there was no problem there she was uh, very happy uh, uh, dad was down for the whole dad was there nearly before Temple Oak Sing Street landed down 45 minutes before throw in just in case he'd miss anything and uh, your, dad's, yeah. your, your, your dad's just there anyway just around yeah, exactly, the field yeah, the case yeah. is a match on yeah and exactly. it, oh I'm Murph, I'm a, I forgot Murph's back as he yeah. obviously called <laughs> Murph's played for both clubs today this will be a good one. So anyway, we went we went to Sheridan's, had some food, went into Shoom, yeah. went to a couple of very nice boozers in Shoom, met Jaff Allen, obviously. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so we walked into Reapy's in Shoom and Jaff was there. And obviously like eight lads from Singer immediately went over and was like, oh, here, this gobshite that wrote a bunch of the book is like down here. Come to-. So they basically walked Jaff down to talk to me. So that's always really relaxing. So he had to pretend, to, and pretend to know who you were kind of thing. Yeah, so that was great. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, no, it was it was lovely. It was very, very ah, nice. Lovely. Why are we wasting time talking about Gaelic football, though? Everybody knows that hurling is the greatest sport that was ever played by any man. That's right, Dalo. Davy Fitz knows the score, too. I won't go into that. No, I was hoping for more than that, Davy. But anyway, we know you love hurling. That's so why mean. is it, if hurling is the greatest sport that was ever played by any man, that I read about the game dying before too many people's eyes? Joanne, we're here to talk about hurling. According to none other than the fine journalist Michael Foley in the Sunday Times, alongside all the necessary criticisms of the GAA's desperate failure of hurling down the years, the greatest culprits have been the self-anointed tribe of hurling people themselves. If the game is so sacred to them, why has that community not been more vocal about the near cleansing of the game from large swathes of the country that has been going on for years? Why should this come as a shock? What is going on here, Murph? What is the this that Michael Foley refers to there when he mm. says this has been going on for years? Yeah, so it's a proposal to remove counties with fewer than five adult club hurling teams from competing in the National Hurling League uh, from 2025. So this was a kite flown kind of out of nowhere for, uh, by the CCCC. I always sound ridiculous when I have to yeah, say that, but there we go. Um, so it, at the start of the month, uh, this idea it would basically exclude Longford, Cavan, Leitrim, Louth and Fermanagh from uh, the Hurling League and the reason for this is that in the region of €900,000 was spent on the preparation of these five hurling teams over the course of uh, this year or last year or other whichever accounts are most recent in those counties um, and the argument is that that money would be better spent 
you know, putting it into the underage uh, structures in that county to try and grow hurling from the top up or from the bottom up as opposed to kind of handing it over to the inter-county team. But, I mean, the, the argument straight away is that basically what you're doing is you're kind of rewarding the county board by removing like kind of the hassle, money, logistics, time, all the rest of that from bringing these county teams to Warwickshire and London and these teams that they have to play in play uh, National Hurling League games against mm-hmm. you're rewarding the people who have done the least for hurling and you know um, and punishing the people who are actually trying to grow the game in the in the county so I mean it is true that hurling is a you know the participation levels in these counties like they're not hurling isn't even in the top 10 uh, sports by participation in these counties you know and why is that why like it's not actually why is it the question is does anyone care and that's the question that's been kind of raised by uh, this story that broke at the start of this month that's kind of the tenor of the piece it's like everybody everybody hurling people bang on about how great hurling yeah. is in the big counties so why do they not seem to care that it is dying in yeah. many other counties and literally just it, it appears as though some counties just won't be allowed to play in the league anymore yeah and you know we're not just like Longford, Cavan, Leitrim, Louth and Fermanagh you know, these are the the bottom five counties in hurling in that they don't even have kind of, you know, uh, club leagues or club championships that they, that, that, that they can build kind of a tradition of hurling around. I mean, there's there's areas of Galway, areas of Cork, areas even of Tipperary where hurling isn't really played. And county boards are more than happy with that because, you know, the the idea of like dual clubs sounds brilliant in, uh, in theory, but it's just problems, you know, and it's problems in those clubs, in the clubs that do try it, more often than not, hurling, either hurling or football, is the bigger sport. And there's sabotage going on between the two sides of the of the one club, saying this is just a distraction from what we really want to do, which is to be winning either hurling uh, senior championships or football senior championships. And the idea that you enter a junior hurling club or a junior hurling team, it's just, it's just a pain in the arse that, that clubs don't even want. So... That's kind of it. You know, you can kind of... It's easy to say we should ride to the rescue of the Cavan Hurlers, but it's a much harder question to try and answer is, what? well, what can we actually do that's achievable that is actually in line with what the GA should be all about, which is the promotion of these two main sports that we have? And that doesn't seem to be clear, judging by what Michael Foley was writing. The the idea is floated that we get rid of the... that we these counties can't compete in the league anymore but there doesn't seem to be any concrete these are the other steps we'll put in place to make sure that we can grow the game and yeah. uh, you know, make them in yeah. some way competitive The idea that there's that there's a, a structure in place on, in these county boards of those five named counties it's like okay well finally we can put into action our plan to grow hurling in these counties like no such plan exists and oftentimes there isn't the motivation at county board level there's obviously plenty of motivation amongst the people who are trying to build hurling in those counties but at county board level there's no motivation to, to come up with a plan really and that's the that's the, the kicker Jamie Wall coming up in a second on all that after I tell you about all the great stuff on the World Service during the week we're talking Leinster Munster Katie Taylor's rematch with Chantel Cameron the end of the Stephen Kenny era against New Zealand presumably the end of the Stephen Kenny era against New Zealand and we're planning a chat about Euro 2028 as well and the controversial role that Caseman Park is playing in proceedings in Northern Ireland that's all coming up for you if you're a member and if you're not you can sign up now on secondcaptains.com for only 5 euro a month plus fat 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Modern day coaching. What is it all about? Paralysis by analysis. Infiltrated by a load of spoofers and bluffers. Fellas with earpieces stuck in their ear. Psychologists, Clyde Woodward, statisticians, dietitians, and as Mick O'Connell alluded to, God save us. Okay, so as we've been talking about, the CCCC made a bit of a splash this month when they advocated for counties with less than five adult hurling clubs to be kicked out of the National Hurling League from 2025 onwards. This has been met with quite a bit of opposition from inside and outside the five counties affected, Loud, Longford, Cavan, Leitrim and Fermanagh. And our senior hurling analyst, Jamie Wall, is on the line now to talk to us about it. Hi, Jamie. How's it going? Hey, Kieran, How are you? Good. I'm not too bad. Uh, first of all, do you agree with the idea in principle that the money these counties have spent in total on their inter-county hurling teams, something in the region of €900,000 in the last year, that that money would be better spent investing in growing the game at club level in those counties? Um, uh, it's it's even that's a hard question. Um, to be honest, like uh, like it's um, you're kind of getting into the realms of well, number one. You know, can you actually trust these counties to go and invest that money into the um into the hurling at grassroots level? That would certainly be a, a concern. Um, you know, given that these counties are in that position for a reason. You know, um. Is the interest there for, for such a thing? You know, like it feels to me like kind of the people getting punished are the people who are putting in the most into, you know, like, like I suppose I have often come on here and, and various other places and in various public forums and argued with people up and down the country and about, you know, the split season and the kind of, you know, the, the, the kind of the the importance of exposure, right? You know, if you ever ever always says that word, and I get very angry about it, and I say that's a lot of bollocks. You know, like in for every young fella, well, for most young fellas, like you know, their first hurling heroes are the ones in the local club and that. But actually, this is a side, this is probably like, you know, people are going to say that fellow can't make up his mind. But in these, you know, smaller hurling counties and places where hurling isn't as big a thing. And even I'd go as far as the Joe McDonough, you know, this year where like, you know, they were wrapping up the Joe McDonough early to fit it into Lee McCarthy, which was ridiculous, instead of giving, you know, those counties an extra two, three months of exposure at those levels. But I suppose my point is, in these places where there are only 
two, three, four hurling clubs, which is what, you know, like by definition, they're the ones being targeted. The county team is actually far more important in terms of the exposure side of it for young people in those counties, because naturally the club game is much, is a much smaller thing there. So there aren't the same opportunities for exposure. And, you know, like, I don't think but young young boys and girls growing up in Kerry need the Kerry County team, you know, for exposure to Gaelic football because, you know, David Clifford playing for Fossa and, you know, Malachy wrote extensively about it and congrats to Malachy on his award, by the way, you know, for, for those pieces. You're a class um, act, Jamie. But, uh, hey, hey, this is this is coming from a, a, a Mick Foley fan too. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, I suppose what I'm saying is like, they've got that exposure at club level in certain places like that, but, that exposure isn't actually there at club level by definition here in these counties. So the county team takes on an actual extended significance here, you know. So so like actually squeezing the county teams in these places would have, in my opinion, the complete opposite effect, you know, to, to this notion of growing the game at grassroots level. Because for a number of reasons, like, you know, and I suppose the first of them being that like, you know, there aren't there isn't that grassroots there at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The way this was announced though which was just a kite flown after a, a you know a central council meeting with no warning uh, and then everyone kind of immediately hates on the idea so it probably won't happen which leaves us back where we were you know f- three weeks ago it I just found it like an unbelievably shoddy way to do business you know mm. and t- just kind of like this kind of blithe disregard for what uh, the hurlers of Cavan and Longford and Leitrim in these places would actually think of it, you know. And again, they have to; those hurlers also have to say, "Well, my county board was in; they were in on all these in, meetings." In that meeting, yeah, yeah. That's like that's the obvious thing to say back to that. And like, and and then you've used the phrase "they're flying a kite," like, and like, I was thinking about this as well, and I was like, you know, is it is it very cynical that you're kind of nearly thinking like maybe they just fired this out there to get a bit of backlash so that the next thing that they fly out there actually, you know, is kind of like, oh well, that's not as bad as the first thing they said so so let's go with that like and it's like you know there's it's it's like do people in there think they're in fucking house of cards or something like you know it's like you know like they're dealing with donald blythe and like you know give me something i can work with donald like it's like but then there's another part of me thinks like you look at some of the fucking decisions that have been made in the last couple of years by the ga and are we in danger of giving them too much credit here that they're actually planning that far ahead like like do people i like i actually reckon the people making some of these decisions possibly do think that this is a good idea, which is probably a scarier thought again. This is the sort of issue that people from traditionally strong hurling counties are perfectly comfortable talking about, you know, and it's very Mm. easy to frame it as in football people in these county boards screwing over the good people trying to keep hurling alive in in these counties. They're a little less comfortable when you talk to them about okay well what are you prepared to give oh, yeah. up or what are you prepared to do to actually change the scenario that's been it's been here for 139 years now with well, no real sign of 100% Murpha and and I mentioned I mentioned Michael Foley there like Michael wrote a piece about that you know and and he's right like because like the uncomfortable truth is like and like I like at risk of coming across like a, 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 a bollocks here like like I hadn't really given this a second thought until you messaged me about you know would we would we talk about it or whatever and like that you know I was too busy focusing on you know 
the Monster Club hurling championship and you know my immediate thing and and hurling people are guilty of that we, like we are guilty of being quite insular with our thoughts on the game and we don't really care like you know like it's actually hard enough to get hurling people to give a shit about hurling in Dublin you know which is a, a tier one you know huge population county like like that, that that's the reality unfortunately like you know like we're so wrapped up in the most like to be honest, which is hard to get Munster people to care about the Leinster Championship. Like, so like, I feel like we're kind of, we're, we're, we're not in a position to throw stones, to throw that many stones either. Like, you know, we live in quite a glass house with, with regard to that. Like, but like, it's one of those things that like, like I said at the start, like this particular measure, like it's easy to get up in arms about it. Like, and then you've turned around like, and say like, you know, that the people being punished are the people who are actually putting in the work, like, you know, and like, it seems like they're like, it seems like it's it's going after the wrong people but equally like what, what are we doing for hurling in the rest of these places what it's it's easy for me to come here and say that's a ridiculous suggestion but like what's my suggestion to fix it like you know like and and, I, and the truth is i don't know like like i look at i like look i do i would have certain things if i sat down and actually thought about it for a while and you know thought about it over the last 24 hours we'll say like um but that in itself is probably the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like I'm not sitting down thinking about it. Like people aren't sitting down thinking about it. Like Martin Fogarty, um, from Kilkenny, you know, is, is gone out of his role as, as the director of hurling in the last while and it hasn't been filled, you know, um, who, who wants to go and do that job? Who wants to go and actually, you know, f- def- stupid phrase like grow the game like um like is there a desire there to do that or are we actually just happy happy with this like you know like these are questions that like you said we're kind of uncomfortable asking ourselves because i think deep down we probably know the answer you know would you be interested in doing a job like that the uh, national director Uh, of hurling categorically no (laughs) like absolutely no like like and this is it like because it's it's such a thankless job do you know what i mean like like you're you're trying to bring a sport to a lot of people that have no interest in a sport it's also like like you know the reality of hurling is like it's fucking hard like do you know what i mean like it is a harder game to attain a basic proficiency in than football or than rugby or than um association football otherwise known as soccer like you know it's it's quite a hard game and like like even like my own club would be primarily a hurling club I was down doing a bit there last weekend or last Monday with, with the under eights, like, and one of the trainers was saying, they're mad for football. They're mad for football. And sure, of course they're mad for football. Like, you know, like the, the motor skills involved are just a little bit easier, like, you know, and like, so trying to actually, it's all really good to say things like, you know, investing at grassroots level, like, but like that is a huge undertaking in reality, you know, into places where there isn't the same like let's be frank about it like there isn't the same interest in the game and like you know it's all well and good like like i read martin and and i've no doubt that martin is a genuine man with with hurling genuinely you know the bet the betterment of hurling in his in his heart like but you know martin was talking about like football clubs and football people sabotaging hurling or he used he used the term sabotage you know i mean again talk about glass houses like you know martin's from kilkenny and let's be honest like you know, like the only football played in Kilkenny is soccer. Like, you know, like, like they're like, like they're, 
they're quite happy on the flip side of it. You know, there's no interest in, in Gaelic football to a large degree there. And that's the reality. You know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be one or two people interested in Gaelic football and Kenny raging, screaming at the thing. But like, you know, let, let's let's just, let's be honest here. Like, you know, there isn't. And, and in a lot of these counties, there isn't the same interest in hurling. Like, so so it's hard to kind of see how a grassroots, how, how number one, it's hard to trust that this money would be invested in grassroots. Number two, it's hard to see how that grassroots movement would take off either, you know, in counties where like... There is a large swathe of the population there don't want to be involved in it, like, and don't and don't have the interest in it, or like, and it's the same as like, you know, to them, it's like, sure, hurling is no different to rugby or, or soccer or whatever. It's like we we want to play Gaelic football, you know, and and I think we have to kind of we have to kind of get our head around that too, you know, and that like you can't, I look look, idealism is fine, but it's not realistic, do you know what I mean? Like like so like like even small things now like. You know, you're looking at these counties like, and a suggestion I would have, and it wouldn't be an amalgamation of these counties at county level because I think it's important that they have their own county team. But why have we not investigated amalgamating these counties at club championship level? Do you know, like that's a very simple back of a cigarette packet solution here, straight away. Like, why isn't that happening? Like, like again, excuse my geography of Ireland. Like, just, it's rare enough I'm driving in that part of the country, but I do think. Cavan, Leitrim and Longford are all relatively close by. Um, like, you know, down here in Cork, we don't worry about, about those things. But but like they are, like, like, why are we not looking at, okay, I, I would be totally opposed to the idea of amalgamating county teams. Uh, that kite was flown as well once upon a time, and I wouldn't agree with that at all. But definitely amalgamating club championships like like why why are we not looking at those things like so we're looking at these counties and they've only got three or four clubs or whatever it is but like these clubs players need games if they're going to ever improve do you know what i mean like let's have you know the leitrim longford cavan championship like we're all of a sudden now there's nine ten twelve teams whatever it'll be like like small things like that i think like like i suppose i'm ranting here like i'm going on and on like I'm saying like this is a conversation here and we're coming up with ideas in my opinion they're a better idea than cutting funding for county teams which are and as well like you know like I think I, I think I have said this I can't remember if I've said it already is I such as is such as my ranting like but the county team like the county team is and the county player for anyone who is interested in hurling in these places is actually doubly important he's more important than the Cork county player do you know what I mean? Like, cause there's, there's young fellas around Cork, like they'll get their hurling at club level. They'll get it, you know, their exposure is coming in lots of different places. Like, but like to a young fella growing up in these places, like in Longford or Leitrim or Cavan, like, like the county player is actually far, far, far more important. That's what gets your grassroots going in those kind of counties, in my opinion. Liam Griffin brought a proposal to Congress in February of this year and it was basically that every GA club would be compelled to field at least one hurling team at under 7, under 8, under 9, under 10. And, you know, Liam Griffin being the person that he is, mm. I mean, this is the kind of kite flying that I could 100% sign up, sign up for, to be honest, because yeah. that is a serious motion in that he believes that that would be the right thing for the GA to do. But it's also, this is what we should be doing. It's, it's not going to happen on the back of a Congress motion. But I want, it to be, I want it to be said 10 years from now when maybe we can move kind of the, 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 the window of what might be possible to say that I was talking about this 10 or 15 years ago, you know, and that, that's not out of any yeah. sort of uh, fake, um, you know, self-aggrandizement of for Liam Griffin that's obviously not what I'm saying but mm. you know the point I'm making it's like this is the sort of blue sky thinking that we actually need and I, I know myself right I grew up in one of the 10 counties that take hurling seriously 
and I yeah. never held a hurley in an actual competitive yeah. setting in my life and that's bizarre this, like that is genuinely is you, like, like that is insane to me this is it like we, we don't we don't have to go like people hurling people we don't have to go up to to, to Leitrim or Longford or Cavan like and like you know we don't have to go up there and start tutting at the people up there like we don't give a shit about about hurling in large parts of our own counties do you know what I mean like there's like, there's people down in West Cork have never picked up a hurley before like there's people in North Cork like you know have never picked up a hurley before there's people in parts of West Clare South Tipperary North and West Galway do you know like and these are all the serious serious hurling counties so like hurling has always been a kind of a sport where like those of us who are interested in it either either don't care or are actively almost like looking down their nose on people that do, do you know, like, like where I'm from even, which is like I said, a primarily a hurling club, but we're actually in, we're in a football area, we'll say we're south of the viaduct, like, um, which anyone in Cork will know, you know, it's an old, um, an old viaduct basically like but 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 the old phrase like there's no hurler south of the viaduct like do you know what I mean like we're hearing that for years like and and so like so do you know like that we don't like I'm there saying like you know that oh we we that we don't uh, like that there's no interest up there in the, in making things better like there's we're we're finding guilty of it ourselves even within the confines of our own county um like I, I love an idea like Liam Griffin's there and do you know what I like about that as well though is like like. A statement like the G, the CCCC, whatever, like, you know, about like that they're kicking them out of the National League. Like, it's all very, it's very WWF stuff, like Vince McMahon kind of crack, like, like, whereas, like, and it's like, oh, we're going to invest it in grassroots GA. It's like, what does that mean? That's bullshit. Like, like, like I'm not, first reason I'm not getting on board with that is like, that could be anything. So I don't trust it immediately. At least Liam, Liam Griffin's proposal is you know, Liam Griffin's proposal is a specifically achievable set of aims, right? It's like, here it is, under seven, under eight, under nine, under 10, uh, even if you went up to under 12, right? And at that point, look, fair enough, if, you know, Castlehaven, which is a, a club down in West Cork, hugely successful football club um, with no hurling, you know, if at that stage you're like, right, look, after under 12, we're not playing any more hurling. Like, but at that point, the two or three fellas local who are into the hurling might say right you know I've got the bug and they might go in and play in an amalgamation side we'll say with a couple of the other teams around that part of West Cork who you know and this is and this is how hurling grows and I, I'm literally only talking about in Cork like where you'd say Jesus like they don't need to grow it down there but like it's the same principle do you know what I mean like like where if every club at those te- at those levels did have to actually you know uh, sign up to this this like like I said like that's like you said that's that's a kite being flown but it's it's not just a kind of a a wishy washy thing which is what I feel like this proposal has been really it's it's wishy washy and you know you can't get behind something like that whereas like something like that an achievable set of aims yeah like we get behind something like that do you know what I mean like but I just don't think I think like there's you know we talk about funding and where the funding is going to be diverted to like there's so much money wasted in the GAA on so many other things the the comparatively meager amount given to county hurling teams like like I guarantee you the county hurling team of Longford Leitrim Cavan and them I guarantee you they're not fucking wasting money do you know what I mean like I guarantee you they're actually like I guarantee you what they have they're spending it on legitimate things and they're probably short do you know what I mean and and they're having to go and, and make up the balance themselves so like it, to me like I'm kind of like let's look at the the million quid that the Mayo footballers ro- routinely spend on not winning the All-Ireland every year 
you know, like we we're talking about fucking wasting money in the GA. Like I, I don't think these lads are, are, are the first target I'd be looking at. Like, yeah. Uh, and you know, just a final point, I suppose. Hurling is not one of the top 10 participation sports in Ireland. And mm. that is something that the GA seem not to be overly concerned about. And I just think like, that is just something to kind of sit with for a while. You know, just that idea that we can call it our national sport, but it's not in the top 10 participation uh, sports in Ireland. It's like, we just need to have a think about that. And it, and the, the, the reality is that the status quo actually suits quite a few people. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the percentage of people who are actually playing hurling aren't really super bothered about that. They're not, and like, and and Murph, like, like I can't tell you how many times I've I've spoken to people, like you know, hurling people, and you know, they'd be talking about how ridiculous it is in their eyes that like other counties are getting a vote on hurling matters at GA Congress. Like, like this is a sentiment I've heard numerous times. Like, like people being like, "Oh, sure, what? Why are fucking whoever like you know, let's say Sligo getting a vote on on what's going on in our hurling championships and in this and in that?" Sure, they like so like there is a like there, I, I can't, honest to God, I've heard this nu- numerous times. Like aside from you know the basic principles of democracy um like there, there is there is no massive interest in a lot of kind of parts of of well let's call it hurling country you know to kind of paraphrase that that uh, that ad campaign from a couple of years ago like like there's large swathes of hurling country don't have a problem with any of this do you know what i mean and and at the very least you know at the, like at the, it's kind of like a mild inconvenience it's like oh yeah that's going on yeah sure they're they're, they're giving out about that now oh, sure that'll blow over like whatever like oh turn on TG Carter and all we watch Bally Gunner do you know what I mean like like they're like that that is the reality unfortunately and like I'm not going to sit in judgment by the way because you know like I said well capable of being guilty of it myself among others like but like you said like when you say that hurling is only isn't even in the top 10 in terms of overall participation within the whole country like like you have to be kind of looking at that thinking like you know we'd sit there happily and kind of cast asukans on you know rugby and say oh sure that's only played in the private schools and you know whatever like like i know that was a, a point of controversy over the last week or so and i'm not not adding my top and to that but we we'd happily sit there and and cast asukans like that about you know rugby and all that where it's like we're equally guilty of it ourselves do you know what i mean like we're, we're just quite as happy to be you know to be an elitist kind of uh, operation great stuff jamie thanks for me so morph Captain show. show. It's the best thing in the world for you because it's full of protein. Protein. This is not a take of football people who know the game. No respect, no honor. What's the respect of my day? Dog shit is bad, on. But who plays rugby? I imagine it was like something you would expect to see in a porno movie. No, they don't. They do. Sorry, on. They do not. The balls. Shut up, the two of you. I just want to play commentary to go. Fire up, my day. Fire I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. You get the ball forward, you compete, you chase people, you close people down, you create excitement, you win balls when you shouldn't win balls, you commit yourself to the game.
Okay, I'm going to switch this right back now to Gaelic football before we wrap things up for the day. I've got a call here that says you're the most boring, predictable, condescending interviewer around. Go back to lecturing. You have the charisma of a sick bag. Oh God. That's just it. I just Whoa. mentioned, not you, no me. Okay, ain't nobody f***ing with my click, 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 click. Ain't nobody fresher than my mom. We don't normally click, broadcast all click, the, the stuff that click, comes from scum click, around the country. Click. Greg Walsh emails Well Kieran, you must be relieved your media blitz championing the case for David Clifford as player of the year has succeeded um, this, I'd say this person has also noted your spin on his failure yesterday okay. Murph yep. um, yeah. by referring spin. to the 12 points he scored and not the <laughs> I thought he scored 12 points from 12 shots and, 12 and then points. missed the yeah. shot to equalise at the end thereby losing the Well it would have been 13 season. points down if he hadn't scored the other 12 no, you're being kind. You're being very kind. <laughs> listen, I just thought that was some context that was worth adding. But listen, whatever. Our Greg, email uh, prefers to just... Greg continues. No doubt his exceptional form for Fusso was taken into account as you advocated it should be. Of course, Clifford had a fine season, but it was more of a Stevie G season than a Roy Keane one. Decent performances supplemented by moments of outrageous skill. And it seems these moments carry greater weight than his overall performance in games. Under par against Tyrone and Derry, apart from the last 10 minutes, failing to deliver spectacularly when it mattered in the All-Ireland final. It's not the shots he missed that stand out, but when he missed them, when the game was there to be won down the stretch, he had numerous attempts to win the game, but he choked. The real player of the year is hands down Brian Fenton. He was the one who delivered Roy Keane-level performances when it mattered against Monaghan, Mayo and Kerry. He was immense. His most influential season in a Dublin jersey. In the final, he delivered one of the great performances. He dictated the game throughout and proved his greatness beyond doubt. It should have been recognised with the Player of the Year. For the All-Stars, how in the name of God did Enda Smith get one over Paul Mannion? I'm guessing Greg might be a dub, Murph. <laughs> he does also say that Carl O'Connell should have got one ahead of Gareth McKinless. So it's not all dubs that he's advocating for. Yeah. I mean, David Clifford did score nine points against Derry in the All-Ireland semi-final. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, you, and I know that he mentions that David Clifford was under par against Derry apart from the last 10 minutes which would suggest that even Greg admits that when the game actually needed to be won against Derry in the Irons listen we know how the final went we do know how the final went listening to David Clifford speak over the weekend it was obvious that David Clifford has not forgotten it himself um, why what was he kind of well just he, he was talking to Tommy Niblock on the BBC and yeah it was just kind of mad that he was he, he just kind of was Oh, I think about it all the time. Sometimes a week ago by a week goes by, and maybe I'm not thinking about it that that much. And then other days, I'm thinking about it every three minutes, which doesn't shock me though. It's, I mean, it doesn't shock me at all. Of that level with that much expectation on him, yeah, and, uh, that puts such pressure on himself. I would imagine as well. Doesn't surprise me that you know losing an All Ireland in those circumstances mm. probably lingers a little bit. Yeah. For the record, I, I was with. I mean, Greg's a little harsh here on David Clifford, I have to say, but I am with him that Brian Fenton should have got there. Uh, I could hear it in the tinkling of the tulka. <laughs> I thought he was standing in the, uh, particularly in the semi-final and final. Yeah, he was. He was very good. Um, he, he just, I mean, this is the age-old all-star debate. You know, it's like, how much weight do you put to the semi-finals and finals? Obviously, a huge amount, given you look at the hurling team, for instance, all four of them are from the, the there's only four counties, they were the four uh, semi-finalists. You know, Clifford was brilliant throughout the year. Fenton was absolutely immense in the last two games. Clifford had a bad All-Ireland final. Yeah, I mean... Some would even argue that point, Murph, but go on. Yeah, I mean, well, he did. I mean, David Clifford had a bad All-Ireland final in that David Clifford would tell you... What about that pass? I mean, yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. First ball he got 
insane score against Mickford Simmons. Yeah, I mean, he did plenty. He did plenty that was right in the Ireland final, but he fell short of his own high standards, let's say. So, I mean, like, that's the argument. I mean, Brian Fender would have been an absolutely deserving player of the year. They went with David Clifford. I would have picked David Clifford, but I also would have had no arguments whatsoever about Brian Fender. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Sorry that I didn't have anything more interesting to say than they were both worthy winners. No, I there, didn't but. want to call you out in it. I thought we'd just, uh, <laughs> just plough on. Boring there. <laughs> Real clickbait stuff. Clickbait? Is that yeah, a phrase that's been used in the last 10 years? Yeah. Thanks, Murph. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. Sorry, Owen. Oh, Thanks, thank Ken. You, Thanks for listening. We'll chat tomorrow if you're a signed up member of the World Service. And a reminder that the Second Captain's Podcast, it's part of the ACAS Creator Network. That's the second time he's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. <laughs>